up? It's the rant. My name is Jeff Rackley, and it is Tuesday, December 14th. Chances are, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you made the fantasy football playoffs, or you're in a points-only league. But either way, well, you made the playoffs. Congratulations. And we're going to get you set up here. It's a little bit of a shorter waiver wire. Uh, Fortunately, we don't have folks to compete with or as many folks to compete with on waivers this week. If you're in a 10-teamer and six made the playoffs, well, you only have those other five teams to compete with because, hey, if you didn't make the playoffs, leave waivers alone. I don't care if you have a consolation bracket or whatever. Consolation ladders are the participation trophies of fantasy football, so just let the folks play for the championship. All right, let's dive into it here. Remember, different rules are at play when we're in endgame phase. Make sure you take a long look at your opponent this week. See what they need. See what they need. If they need uh, fill-in somehow for some reason at tight end or quarterback or whatever, you can put up the blocker. Use your bench spot strategically because there is no more rest of season. If you do not win this week, Your season is over, so use those bench spots strategically. Make sure you put up those blockers. And at the same time, it does help to have some of these uh, cuff running backs because as we just saw last week, we keep seeing it over and over. Guys can come out of the woodwork and be big-time fantasy factors for us here in the blink of an eye, really. All right, so speaking of which, the top ad of the week for me is one of those guys. His name is Rashad Penny. We will be spending, and by we, I mean I will be. I don't know about you. Everything I have left. Now, if you do need to save a couple dollars just in case, I get that. But he is worth 100% of fab at this point. He is going to take over in that backfield. He is going to be the lead back regardless of whatever happens with Travis Homer or TJ Dallas or Adrian Peterson or any of these guys. It is Rashad Penny time. The only thing that will stop him is injury. I'd spend it all. I'd go 50 to 100% on Deontay Foreman if he's still out there. Yes, the backfield is a committee. Yeah. But at the same time, he's the most likely to get the key touches. And in particular, that's anything down in the goal line region. So that's where he has value. He scored last week. He had value there. He's going to continue to have value. Cole Beasley, I'm going 15% if he's out there. Emmanuel Sanders is going to miss at least this week, and that gives Cole Beasley some serious value along with Gabriel Davis. Now, both of these guys are at 15%. You get something slightly different with each of these guys, right? With Cole Beasley, you have a, a reasonably high floor because of volume, very likely in that offense, and Josh Allen seems like he'll be good for this game. So a reasonably high floor. But you don't have the massive ceiling that you would get out of Gabriel Davis. I don't think it would surprise anybody if this time next week we're talking and we said, oh, Gabriel Davis had two scores last week and 100 yards. He could have a massive day. I don't think that's a Cole Beasley day. So it is a pick your poison with those two. Taysom Hill, 15%. Yes, 15% if he's still out there. And the numbers show he is out there surprisingly in a lot of leagues, roughly half of leagues right now across the big platforms. So 15%, it is not pretty. But it it's good enough to be a quarterback one. Every time this guy has played as the starter, he's essentially been a quarterback one. And okay, is he going to throw for a lot of touchdown passes? No. Is he going to top 200 passing yards? Maybe, but it'll be close. But will he also run the ball 
10 to 15 times, rack up 50, 60, 70 yards, and at least a touchdown. Yeah, the probability of that's pretty high. And uh, if you are hurting a quarterback or if you've been playing the quarterback uh, round-robin game this season, the merry-go-round, Taysom Hill is a pretty good option for the stretch. Julio Jones, 12%. I don't love Julio Jones, but he still is the top wide receiver there. I'm still going to be ranking him as a wide receiver three going forward. I, I mean, you, you might need a body, and he is a body at this point. Now, I also have Rashad Penny at 12%. Penny has a much higher ceiling, but there's a lot of volatility. When you look at that offense, he's still decidedly the third target, right? You have Brown and Andrews, and yes, uh, Bateman has a high ceiling. But being the third target in the offense, you have Lamar Jackson banged up. Ankle injury, will he play, won't he play? And if he doesn't play, it's Tyler Huntley, and it's volatile. So, I I mean, as much as I don't love Julio Jones right now, I actually would lean Julio Jones over Rashad Bateman. Amon Ross St. Brown, 10%. Another heavy volume week for him. Now, part of that could have been the fact that TJ Hawkinson didn't play. So keep that one in mind. But, you know, if you're looking for a higher floor guy who you could plug in, he had 12 targets this week. He had eight catches, 73 yards. It's not sexy, but that's a solid PPR week. And sometimes that's all you need to win these games uh, in the playoffs. KJ Osborne, 10%. I don't love this one either, but there's still going to be a role for him. And we'll see what ends up happening with Adam Thielen. Uh, Mike Davis, 10%. Yes, freaking Mike Davis. If he was dropped, does have some value here. He has shown it, especially his ability in the passing game. Down the stretch, this could be big. Craig Reynolds, 10%. What? Who? All right. Let's flesh this one out. Craig Reynolds got the opportunities, unheralded UDFA out of the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. PSAC, baby. And, uh, well, he showed up. He showed up better than Godwin Iguabuque, and, uh, well, Jamar Jefferson didn't even really show up. So why add him at 10%? The chance that DeAndre Swift doesn't play is the appeal here. And Reynolds can be pretty darn effective. So I am going 10% on him, as crazy as it is. At this point, we really just need to take all those shots that we possibly can because you never know who's going to show up in December. Craig Reynolds already showing up. All right, let's take a quick break, and I'll come back. I'll talk about the Philadelphia Eagles' backfield. Ah, the Eagles. Who do we like here? Honestly, we're throwing darts. I think the pecking order will be Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and then, of course, Kenneth Gainwell. So I I have Howard and Scott back-to-back, both at 10% in in terms of fab. Howard would be the better bet, uh, I I would think. But at the same time, we have seen Scott be pretty effective as well. And remember, he, was, he wasn't effective before the bye because of the illness that he experienced during the course of the week. So there's that. So I'll go 10% there. I'm going 10% on Justin Fields. If you miss out on Taysom Hill and you're looking for an upside guy, I mean, Justin Fields is coming off of a top 10 fantasy week. So there is appeal there, especially with his ability as a runner. A couple wide receivers who I don't love. This would have to be deeper league ads. I can't really see us starting these guys in the playoffs, but... Alan Lazard, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Robbie Anderson, all 8%. There's upside with each one of those guys. The unfortunate thing, though, is we don't need upside at this time of year. We need fantasy points, and so there's also volatility with them. I can't see getting too crazy there. Justin Jackson, 
5%. If Austin Eckler can't play, which he was described as week to week. Remember, that's a Thursday game, and we have Saturday games this week. Don't forget. But uh, if uh, if Austin Eckler can't go, then it's probably going to be Justin Jackson in the lead. Will be a little bit of Josh Kelly as well. How about this? Garrett Dokes and Duke Johnson. Yup, 5%. As of right now, Miami has no active running backs uh, because the the trio of running backs of Miles Gaskin, Savan, Ahmed, and Philip Lindsay are all on the COVID reserve list. So these guys are on the practice squad. They also have Malcolm Brown who could potentially be activated off of injured reserve. But I think Dokes is the most appealing here. Duke Johnson is Duke Johnson. We know what we'll get out of him this work in the passing game. Dokes could be an early down runner. And he was a, a little bit of a dynasty dandy. Like people did really like him uh, under the radar in dynasty season. So why not? Uh, it, it, stranger things have happened for fantasy purposes. Samaj P. Ryan, 5%. Devontae Booker, 5%. Still going with these guys just in case. I think both of them could be effective enough to be RB2s for fantasy purposes if Mixon went down, if Barkley went down again. Royce Freeman, 5%. Now, David Johnson should be back this week, but Freeman was surprisingly not bad <laughs> this past week. I guess that's a uh, that's about as good of a compliment as I could give a Houston back right now. So, again, if you're really hurt at the position, you could potentially look in his direction. Tua Tungavailoa, 5%. I'd much rather have Justin Fields than Tua for the stretch if I absolutely needed it. And I don't want to be starting either of them this week, to be honest with you. I don't think you need to back up a quarterback. I think we need to use our bench spots more strategically this week. But he did at least make the list. Uh, Austin Hooper, 5%. Last week was very good, but last week was also the product of having Najoku on COVID and having uh, Harrison Bryant not able to play. So just be careful with that one. To Ernest Johnson, 5%. With Kareem Hunt banged up, Dernis Johnson has value again, uh, so we'll see what Hunt's status is through the week, but it's not a terrible idea if uh, the wire is picked over to just put in for him. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, 5%. Same thing as Tua. Like, there's at least value there, but I would so much rather, if I had to rely on somebody, I would much rather be looking at, at the likes of Fields or Taysom Hill especially. Uh, Brevin Jordan, 3%. The rookie, I, I think he's a nice player. Really skilled. I mean, I guess overall it wasn't the greatest tight end class beyond the two big names. Obviously, Kyle Pitts and then Pat Fryermuth. But Brevin Jordan, I think, could be a pretty quality player at the NFL level. And he scored last week. He's done a nice job so far this season. I don't hate the play. Corey Clement, 3%. If Tony Pollard cannot get back on the field... Clement has value, as crazy as that is. Uh, hero of the Super Bowl win for the Philadelphia Eagles here. Uh, now making waves with the Dallas Cowboys. Kenny Gainwell, speaking of the Eagles, 3%. Worth at least a bench spot. Joshua Kelly, 2%. I do prefer Jackson over Kelly. And then finally, Tyler Huntley, in case he plays, he'll have some two-quarterback value uh, there uh, this week. All right, um, let's talk about uh, players who we can safely move on from. Uh, it is a fairly lengthy list yet again this week, but remember, if the player's not going to contribute for you, then you do not need that player on your roster. Use your bench spot strategically this week. That is your best bet. Here's who I'm moving on from, though. I'm moving on from Cam Newton. We have this weird 
almost Spurrier-like committee at quarterback if they use P.J. Walker yet again this week. Uh, so I, I just can't do it with Newton. Rex Burkhead, moving on from him, the lackluster performance. Royce Freeman played better than him. Jamar Jefferson disappeared. Dontrell Hilliard, it's a full-blown committee in that backfield, and so I don't, I don't think there's any value to having Hilliard or McNichols right now. Manuel Sanders, like I said, he's going to miss time. Allen Robinson, <laughs> here we go again. Let's just drop him again. And then Dalton Schultz has pretty much disappeared in that offense. Uh, I am holding on to James Robinson as much as it pains me to do so. And Darnell Mooney after last week, I still think there's plenty of upside. A lot of defenses this week in play. So at the top of the list, if you have Arizona, Dallas, Buffalo, Tampa, we're holding. Arizona gets Detroit, Dallas facing the Giants, uh, the Bills up against Carolina, and Tampa against New Orleans. All of them favorable matchups, all of them good defenses for fantasy purposes. Now, streamer-wise, though, well, Miami and San Francisco may already be rostered, but they aren't They aren't over the 70% threshold, so that's why I have them more as streamers, but whatever. If they're rostered, they're rostered. They get the Jets for, for Miami and then Atlanta for San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan, revenge. Uh, and then uh, outside of those guys, I do like Green Bay versus Baltimore, even if Lamar plays, because Lamar plays, he can't be effective with, uh, you know, with 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 a banged up ankle. I can't see how he's effective. So I like that matchup, regardless if it's him or Tyler Huntley. The Philadelphia Eagles versus Washington. We'll see how uh, Taylor Heineke is this week, but even so, I like picking on him. Minnesota versus Chicago. As much as I do like the upside of Justin Fields, I still like picking on him as well. I'm going to pick on Ben Roethlisberger with the Tennessee Titans. And then I guess you could play either Houston or Jacksonville. I have Houston on my list, but I guess in theory you could also play Jacksonville. That is scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, The definition of it, quintessential definition, but sometimes you have to do it. All right, that is everything for today. I'll be back tomorrow talking some rankings for you for week 15, the first week of the playoffs. In the meantime, at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, FTNFantasy.com. Go check it out. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out.